1: Good evening Hoosier football fans and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm your host Sammy Jacobs along with us is TJ Inman and we're getting ready for spring football practice which starts up on March 2nd just about a week away tonight previewing the offense. We'll take a look at the Hoosier offense go position by position look at key players uh, things to watch and give you a a name of a of players who are under the radar, who we're watching closely uh, in order for the Hoosiers to have a great spring practice and start 2019 on the right foot. TJ, welcome back to the show. It's always good talking football. How are you doing?
2: Doing great. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like spring. It's still cold. And I'm not happy about it, but, uh, that's, I guess, the lot we have chosen living in Indiana. So can't complain, I suppose, but, uh, Definitely excited to be talking about, uh, I guess, our first real preview conversation of the 2019 Hoosiers. Uh, and that, that's uh, fun words to say, that it's going to be a fun podcast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's spring practices starting. It's Tom Allen's third year after back-to-back five mm-hmm. and seven seasons. A lot of new pieces coming in on offense. A lot of exciting pieces coming in on offense. And a new offensive coordinator, Kalen DeBoer. Just right off the bat, what excites you the most about uh, you know the offense going into spring practice?
2: Well, position. If I'm just choosing one thing, um, but I, really, what most excites me about the offense is I feel like uh, we expect, and this I guess you can say is the case with any new. Uh, coordinator, you're going to be excited about it. But we expect for the pieces that Indiana has, which includes the quarterback and all the skill position players, uh, the pieces that they have to be used in a little bit more of an exciting uh, and perhaps creative way than what we've seen before. And that's what's most exciting for me if I just had to boil it down to one thing.
1: Yeah, the expectations have definitely increased uh, now that Kalen DeBoer has taken over for Mike DeBoer. Uh, the quarterback position is probably the most exciting. Uh, outside of that, I really like the running back room. I, I think there are a lot oh, of yeah. pieces there uh, that that can be useful, and, and we'll start there on our preview, uh, TJ, is the running back room. There are a lot of pieces there. There's a lot of pieces coming in. You add Samson James uh, this spring. You bring back Stevie Scott, who ran for over 1,000 yards, had 10 touchdowns as a true freshman. You bring back Ronnie Walker, who who was showed some flashes last year as well as a freshman, and then you have uh, Colt Guest coming back from injury. He's a guy you could put you know you could put out at slot, you could use as as an H back type of player, and then you have Reese Taylor, who we we put in our previews at, at wide receiver, but you could have you could have included him in any of the previews probably except for offensive line and, and tight ends. Uh, but there's a lot of pieces here. And, and to go with the running backs, you know, the, the days of the running back getting 30 carries a game, they're probably over. It's guys who want to get to the le- next level, get to the league. Uh, running back, the, the lifespan in the league is so short uh, that you want some tread on your tires, and, and you don't really want those 200 250 carry seasons uh to pile up so you know having multiple backs who could be really good uh and really limit carries to probably 15 and 20 a game for the lead running back it is is really going to be uh interesting to watch especially uh, as the season moves along when ivory winters comes in in the fall but right now in the spring uh you're looking at at stevie scott ronnie walker uh and Samson James coming in. Cole guess we haven't. They said he's progressing well uh, from an ACL injury, but we haven't heard that he's cleared for contact in the spring. My guess is that they'll back it off a little bit. This is his, I believe, third or fourth year in the program. So you know he's been there, done that in terms of spring practice. You want to get him healthy. Uh, and maybe give reps to some of these younger guys like Samson James, like Ronnie Walker, who didn't really get the the reps last year, and then you could maybe use Reese Taylor back there as well. Uh, anything to add on the running back position?
2: Well, I think the, the headliner just in spring practice has been able to uh, see Samson James out on the field um, running backs just because uh, a lot of times you're not – seeing necessarily full contact with these guys um but I, I think you can kind of just see you know what's that guy look like on the field uh how quickly does he hit the hole um you know, things of that element and i'm excited to see samson james a guy that was a massive uh, land for tom allen and his staff uh a player that ohio state had committed for a while and uh, that they, you know, they really wanted Samson James. This wasn't a case of Ohio State just, you know, letting him know kind of gently, "Hey, we don't really want you to be coming to Columbus and take up scholarship spot. It's okay with us if you look elsewhere." Uh, that that didn't happen here. They still wanted him, and Indiana was able to get him. Uh, and he was very comfortable with the staff, very comfortable with the uh, with Dave Ballou. Um, and so I'm excited to see what he looks like on the field for the Hoosiers. And uh, obviously Stevie Scott's going to be the leader of this group, but uh, definitely the depth of the position is what you're excited about. And and kind of the varying skill sets of these guys. Um, I think Ronnie Walker is more of the uh, potential explosive home run hitter. Uh, Samson James, I think you hope to develop him as an every down back. Um, and then, you know, Stevie Scott, we know what he can do already and a chance to back it up in his sophomore season uh, and establish himself as the leader of the group in spring. So it's a deep group. It's a fun group that's going to get uh, deeper when we get to the season as well uh, when Ivory Winters arrives, but uh, a lot to like, and even the walk-ons that, you know, Christian Pichak, a guy that has FBS division one, you know, power five talent, uh, he'll have a chance to show it as well. So, uh, it, it's a fun group, and I, I think the Mike Hart has a lot to be proud of and, and a lot to work with.
1: Uh, yeah, and you mentioned those walk-ons, and you know, as, as much as losing Ricky Brookins is going to hurt that running back room in terms of off-the-field stuff, you look at that walk-on program, and you have Paycheck, and you have an Irod Lloyd who's contributed on kickoffs and, and things like that, so You're looking at going five or six deep where you feel pretty comfortable, you know, handing the ball off every time uh, you look behind you to the person you're handing the ball off, whether that be Arod Lloyd or Samson James or Stevie Scott or Ronnie Walker. There's just a lot of options, and I think that to keep this group fresh uh, for the entire year, which is important. You've got to be able to run the ball down the stretch. And Stevie Scott did a great job last year, but his role might be reeled in a little bit. He even had the ball a lot last year just out of necessity that, you know, he had lost Morgan Ellison um, to dismissal from the team mm-hmm. and suspension. You had lost Cole Guest uh, to, to injury, you know, halfway through the first game. So he – Stevie Scott's numbers – you know, they're are a little surprising in terms of he wasn't supposed to be the guy now. Do they since they got a couple other guys in there, do they fall back to where, you know, they, they would have been last year had he not been thrust into that number one role and that's not a knock on Stevie. That's you've got to save some legs. Very rarely are you're you're gonna see a, a three year running back just take off and go to the pros so you know you can expect him to be here for another three seasons and you got to save some tread on those tires for down the road as well and then in bad weather games in the winter uh, and, and fall when, when it's raining and we had a lot of bad weather games at in the past couple of years where you had snow you had rain uh wind extreme cold uh things like that where you you need your best back ready to go uh late in the season uh let's move over to the wider c t a it's a It's a group that came back to life uh last year in terms of you you saw the depth you saw the talent, uh even after Simi Cobbs went pro you got Nick Westbrook back apparently he's having an outstanding off season uh, getting back after an ACL tear in 2016, you saw him show flashes last year of what he was in, 20, uh, in 2015, or 2016, sorry, he missed 2017. Uh, flashes of where he was in 2016. You had Donovan Hale became a go-to receiver as well. Ty Freifogel broke onto the scene. And then you had WAP. If WAP gets back healthy, he's a guy who could, uh, is a home run threat, a guy who could be moved around uh, in the offensive scheme. And then you have uh, some other guys. Reese Taylor could be used at wide receiver. Cole Guess could be used at wide receiver. And then you have Jacoby Hewitt and Miles Marshall as well, who haven't really seen the field but have put together big off seasons uh, and could be guys who could step up and play right away. Um, mm mm-hmm. After, if they could get the reps in the spring. So wide receivers, there was never a lack of talent last year. It was just the numbers you could put up could only be so much when you're throwing eight-yard slants and 10-yard comebacks and, you know, 30-yard fade routes where you don't really have a chance to run after the catch. So the talent is there for, for IU's uh, quarterbacks to throw the ball to talented receivers. It's can this offense now use the middle of the field get these guys into space where they could uh, use their speed, get upfield, field and, and create more explosive plays. Uh, acceleration is something that the, uh, coach David Ballou and Dr. Ray are working on in, in the off season. They said that that was how they're tailoring, tailoring their workouts this off season is to work on acceleration. Um, they said that, you know, you, you could get up to those top speeds, but you have to do that quickly if you're, if it takes you at 40 yards to get up to your top speed, you're, you're probably going to get tackled, uh, and, and things like that. So IU needs to put the ball in these receivers' hands where they can make a play, where they can get upfield uh, and, and run by guys. And and a lot of times that's the middle of the field. Whereas last year it became predictable. It was either a fade down the down the sideline where. You, you almost have no chance to make a play after the catch. Uh, either you're running out of bounds or you get tackled, um, or it was a 10 yard comeback and, uh, or something short across the middle where, where you're just running into traffic. So what's your take on the wide
2: receivers? Well, uh, you mentioned him, obviously, uh, he's a player that I think Indiana desperately needs him to be healthy. Um, you know, the offense sorely missed the explosion plays. The only ways you can make an explosive play is to have a receiver capable of turning those 10-yard uh, slant patterns into, you know, 40, 50-yard explosive plays by, you know, their sheer ability to make defenders miss and just beat defenders in foot races. And Watt Fillier uh, was a player that we saw had the capability to do that Uh, We saw it in practice, and we saw it against Michigan State. Uh, However, when he gets hurt, there wasn't really another guy, although Reese Taylor, I felt, could have been something like that. The coaching staff, um, for whatever reason, was unable to get him into position to make those plays uh, and give him a chance to do that. So, really, you you didn't have that uh, dimension to your offense. I think Watt Fillier is a player that can flat out do that. Uh, Looking for more consistency from Donovan Hale, And I think Ty Freifogel certainly showed the ability to make plays down the field just needs more opportunities to do so. And Nick Westbrook, I would expect to have, uh, if quarterbacks can get him the the ball in positions to make plays, I think Westbrook could be an all-Big Ten-type receiver uh, this senior year. But, again, a lot of the receiver production, like you said, you can only do so much. Uh, with the limitations that you had at quarterback last season in terms of vertical passing uh, and the limitations that I think the offensive play calling put on them as well. So it's going to be an interesting uh, group, but uh, the one concept that I come back to is Billier, um it needs to be healthy for this Indian offense to hit its heights.
1: Yeah, they need that explosive guy underneath who, like you said, could take that 10, 12-yard slant pattern and outrace everybody like we saw him do against Michigan State uh, yep. or take an end around and, and things like that, really stretch defense vertically as well as horizontally because um, you can't defend both. You could defend one or the other. Uh, next up, TJ, we'll talk about tight ends. It's a position that really has been underutilized uh, for the amount of talent IU has had there over the last couple of years. Had Ian Thomas uh, came on, had a had a real nice rookie season uh, with the Carolina Panthers last year. Now, he was banged up at IU, but even then he wasn't yeah. utilized during his two years there under both Kevin Wilson and under uh, Mike DeBoer's offense as well. They lose Austin Doris. Uh, to grad transfer to Bowling Green, and we wish Austin the best. He he was always great to talk to, um, and his dad's a great person as well. Uh, so, but you still yeah. have a lot of talent coming back. You have Peyton Hendershot, who should be a matchup nightmare at tight end. He's one of these long, athletic tight ends who you know is kind of a more of a receiver than an actual tight end, but you could split him out. He could block. He had a case of the drops against Maryland. It looked like he might, you know, he had a head injury earlier in the year uh, a few weeks ago, coming back from that. So maybe he was still shaking the cobwebs out, uh, but he's a guy who should have more than 15 catches at that position. It just, it, it made no sense on how they used or didn't use the tight ends last year. You have Matt Bjorsen coming back as well. He, at the beginning of the year, looked like a nice number two or number three tight end who could give you a, a catch or two a game, block well, um, and give you a like Peyton Hendershot of rest, and then he just dropped off the face of the earth. And they kind of wasted his year, kind of like they wasted Reese Taylor's year, freshman year, but he's a guy who can step in. He, he I thought... I mean, we all thought he was going to redshirt at the beginning of the year. Uh, so, yeah. you know, when he came in and played and played well, he proved a lot of us wrong. Uh, IU brought in two tight ends last year. We'll talk about TJ Ivey in a second. But we all thought Ivy was going to be the guy to play uh, last year instead of Bjorsen. But Bjorson has – he has good hands. He, he made a, a few good catches. Uh you, know, you, you saw him in the beginning of the year be a part of that offense. I, I think that role expands. And Kalen DeBoer has a history of putting his best players on the field at the same time, and that's what IU has to do. You can't afford not to do it if you're IU because your three two threes and fours are not as good as Ohio State's two threes and fours you're, or Michigan's or Michigan State's. It's just a, a, a fact of playing in the Big Ten East. And being Indiana football and rebuilding and trying to build up through recruiting classes, uh, but it, he's a guy who should be used a lot more. Um, you lose Ryan Watercutter as well. He had a disappointing senior season battling a foot injury. I know that's not how he wanted to go out, uh, but tight end, it, it's you know, they gotta they gotta figure it out there. And, and Sean Bonner, who's come in, you know, he, he'll he be a redshirt junior. He's a guy who came in with a lot of expectations. He has not made a catch. He's played primarily on special teams. He's the backup long snapper. He's a big guy at 6'4", 253, uh, that you'd think they could find some sort of role for him outside of a backup long snapper. And then uh, finally, TJ Ivy at 6'5", 247, gives him another big athletic body like Peyton Hendershot who could be a beast in the red zone or those third and short, fourth and short plays where you need a guy to go box out somebody six, seven yards down the field, make a catch, turn around and get upfield and get the first down. The fact that this tight end has been wasted for years is frustrating. I know the fans are frustrated. I know You know, it's just – it's so frustrating that they're not using them uh, in the way that they should be. It's mind-boggling. What is – what's your take on on the tight end position, TJ?
2: Bring four – well, you know, I'll start with Peyton Hendershot uh, and Matt Bjorson. I I view those guys as one-two, and I think it's a good one-two. I like both of them. I think Hendershot, like you said – has the measurables to and really has the look of an NFL tight end. Um, it's time for him to put that together, and time for the coaching staff, hopefully, to give that an opportunity to flourish a little bit. Uh, I don't expect you know 60 catches. No, uh, that's that's unrealistic. But you know, I think 35, 40 catches um, is a reasonable expectation for Peyton Hendershot. Um, you know, you're, you break that down, uh, that'd be somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five, uh, three to four catches per game. That, that gets you into that 35 to 40 catch season. Uh, and I, I think you'd have to, to be pleased with that. If you're under shot, depending on obviously the types of catches they are, but, um, Matt Bjorson, a guy that I would expect to be more of a blocker than receiver, but he showed good hands last season when given the chance. So, uh, I view those two as the one too. So after that, you know, Sean Bonner, T.J. Ivy, uh it's a big spring for those guys because Gary Cooper uh, will be arriving in the fall, um, and a player that I think is, you know, he's a tight end, yes, but uh, certainly an athlete. But uh, Cooper is going to take some snaps from the tight end position group. That's that's kind of how uh, where he's going to be utilized. It's, if Cooper's out there, you're probably not going to see two of of Hendershot and Bjorson and Ivy. Like you're not going to see those guys much if Cooper's on the field. Uh, so I would anticipate um, Bonner and Ivy needing to have good springs to kind of ward off uh, Gary Cooper. And if they can have really nice springs, then maybe they can find themselves uh, carve themselves a role. You know, new offensive coordinator who's going to have uh, a huge say and who's on the field. This is a chance for Sean Bonner. It's a chance for T.J. Ivey, and obviously, it's a you know for for Hendershot and uh, Bjorsen, They've got to show Kevin DeBoer what they have because there's not a lot of game film of what it is that they what they can do. Uh, if Kevin DeBoer were to go back and you know look at game film of downfield plays from Donovan Hale or downfield plays from uh, from Nick West you give him an idea, okay, that's what I got with these guys. Um, really, receiving-wise, there's not a ton to go off of for the tight end. So this spring is going to be really their first chance to show the DeBoer what they can do, make an impression on him, uh, and stake a claim to the fall uh, for, for playing time. Because, uh, I, you know, if, if you're Sean Bonner, if you look around, if you get passed up by Ivy, if you get passed up by Cooper in the fall, um, you know, what's your expectation going to be for, for your last two years? So it's a big spring for those guys, and I I hope that they're able to to make some plays and, and make a positive impression so that Cameron DeVore uh, is interested in utilizing that uh, the tight end as a weapon.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a big
2: – it's a big reset uh, for the
1: offense. Yeah. Guys who, yeah. you know, may have – fallen out of favor under coach to could, you know, win back positions and, and things like that. Uh, we'll see what happens after spring. Sometimes guys, if they don't like where they're standing, they'll transfer and things like that. Right. So you, you could keep an eye on that almighty transfer portal uh, and all that stuff. But uh, the tight end position it needs to be, especially if they're going to be more efficient in the red zone, needs to be utilized more. And I think that's something that everybody uh, can agree upon. Uh, next up, yep. let's go offensive line. Uh, you're losing Wes, uh, Wes Martin. You're losing Nick Linder. You lose Brandon Knight, who's participating in the NFL combine coming up. Um, yep. You lose Delroy Baker as well. So it's four guys who have had big roles, in the in this offense uh, and in the success of the offensive line last year and the running game and all that stuff, so who's the key to replacing all this? Uh, you know, for for me, the the key is, you know, who who comes in at, at the, the guard positions and center, whether it's um, Harry Kreider, Simon uh, Stepiak, who had a, a good year, although Michigan fans uh-huh. will still hate him. Um Simon Stepniak, Hunter Littlejohn, um does does somebody else step up? Mackenzie Dora who battled injuries last year. Does he step up? I think that group, those three positions on the offensive line are my key. And then you have quite Kronk back at tackle, and then you gotta you gotta hope that one of these other tackles can can develop uh, a guy like Caleb Jones. You know, Matthew Bedford's an early enrollee uh, who's IU battled some big schools for him who, yep. you know, might not start as a true freshman but could play his way into uh, being a rotational player. And and those are, you know, those are my keys for the offensive line.
2: Yeah, one more name, Britt Beery, a uh, guy that came to Indiana as a defensive end. Um, but they, you know, pretty immediately had him start bulking up and um, – you know he is listed. I have not seen britt Berry uh this spring, but he's listed as certainly sufficient for for an offensive lineman uh six five six six, and you know three hundred plus pounds uh size wise Indiana's offensive line is as big as it's ever been um and it it's not a oh those guys are just you know massive and overweight no i mean they they look good they look apart the um and I'm really excited about the group. I I would ask you, I guess, you know, how many guys do you feel good about if the season were to start, you know, a month from now? Uh, how many guys do you feel good about being in a Big Ten game? Thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. But just as a hypothetical, for me, the answer would be, I feel good about seven, and. Possibly eight, but if, if I had to say good, then I'd say probably seven of them, uh, not being you know world beaters, but being guys you plug in there and you don't have to worry about changing your offense to mask deficiencies there. So I'd say seven, uh, but I, I I do think that there's the potential for after the spring for that number to grow to nine or ten, which is what you're looking for. And obviously, it's a position that I think could be addressed by uh, a grad transfer um, that, that Indiana's still working on um, a couple of scholarships that they have open. I think offensive line, if they can find a good fit, uh, would be somebody they bring in as a transfer to to plug in there. But um, I, you know, it's a they've they've built uh, some some injuries uh, that ended guys' careers prematurely, um, and some issues just that. Maybe talent misevaluated uh, from uh, three or four years ago has created a bit of a gap uh, for Indiana depth-wise that it may be forced forced to handle some guys to to step up a little early than you'd like. Somebody like Matthew Bedford, perhaps. It's not a not an awful situation, and it, it could end up being a really good offensive line uh, that's you know veteran-laden. Uh, the issue just comes with depth. Uh, I for one think that the key to this group is going to be that right tackle position. I feel good about center. I feel good about guard. I think there's enough talented pieces there to make that work uh, and be really successful. Uh, obviously you feel good about Koi Kronk. Uh, for me, the big piece is right tackle decision. And you know, we don't see these guys practice. We don't know everything there is, but just based off of my um, speculation here, I would like to see Caleb Jones moved to right tackle, give him a shot to win that position. Uh, I think he has the ideal body for it. And I think if you can develop him into a good starting right tackle, I think Indiana might have some special things working on the offensive line. Yeah.
1: I probably feel really solid about five right now. Um, that yeah. being uh, Nora um, obviously, Harry Kreider, uh, Little John, and, and Stepniak. The rest need to prove it to me. Um, the, you know, Caleb Jones worked in a little bit last year on special teams. He, I think he was the guy who was responsible for the, the block kick against Virginia off the end there. And, and maybe that was just him getting, you know, his feet sea legs under him. Uh, and then he played later on in the year as well, uh, but they got a they. There's a lot to prove along this offensive line. Uh, to me, there's five guys I feel comfortable with uh, throwing out there that could increase a, a lot. Um, if we, I, I'll probably get C six spring practices since those six fall in my two weeks of spring break. Uh, yeah. But If Caleb Jones could develop into the into the prospect that. Everybody thinks he can. I'd feel comfortable with him at tackle. Um, and, and then Devondre. Devondre. Well, he's got to stay healthy. You know, he yeah. he's a guy that they need to stay healthy as a, as a redshirt senior. He, you know, was he he said he wasn't coming back, and then he was coming back which leads you believe that they were looking to add somebody else, didn't get that person, extended him mm-hmm. the scholarship back, uh, but he's got to stay healthy because he has the talents to be in there, but he hasn't proven that he stayed healthy. so that's why I don't feel comfortable if you have to re- you know rely on him I don't yeah, feel comfortable sure. because I don't know that he'll actually be there. Um, but this offensive line yeah. it has the potential to be um, you know really good and all these young guys are now um becoming upperclassmen they've been in the strength program for the second time through and we'll see hopefully that starts paying off it's you know the 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 offense and defensive lines and we'll we'll talk about the defensive line on our next podcast it's a yeah. it's an upperclassmen's game very rarely do you see freshmen and true freshmen and true sophomores really make a uh, um, an impact along the the line unless they're really a special player and that, yeah, thats either, you know either not, they
2: are special it's either they are special or
1: you're super you desperate
2: have not done you have not done well enough with your upperclassmen classmen yep. and you are forced to play those guys
1: yeah yeah super desperate um to do that so we'll see the offensive line you know, it's it's not the biggest question mark on this team, uh, no. team just yet. Uh, I, I do believe that belongs to the defensive line, but it's it's definitely, you know, swirling around in the back of your head. Okay, these guys, if they what happens if they don't perform well, and uh-huh. uh, we'll see. So let's move on to everybody's favorite topic to talk about the quarterbacks. Um, it's, this, is, it, this is probably, I think, the most exciting quarterback room that IU has had um, probably since 2013. Now, I don't know if anybody's as talented as Nate Sudfeld, but the depth is so much better. Um, you know, after Trey Roberson left and Cam Kaufman left, you're left with Nate Robinson and Xander Diamont and a whole bunch of, uh, for lack of a better word, junk yeah. Um, At that quarterback position, uh, now you're bringing in three. You have three guys. You have Mike Penix, who's ahead of schedule in in his knee rehab, and he's you know from all reports coming out of Bloomington, he looks good. And then you bring in Jack yeah. Tuttle, who needs to be cleared. Now everybody asks me, when is he going to be cleared? When is he going to be cleared? I'll give you the answer. I have no idea. You're dealing with the NCAA. They could be, could be cleared tomorrow. He could be cleared the day before the ball. state. who who knows it's the NCAA. They like to pick and choose what they do. Um, And I don't think IU football is a priority for them. Um, Justin Fields at Ohio state has already been cleared. Uh, So I would expect that he would be cleared for the season, but he's eligible to practice uh, this spring. And I'm interested to see what he brings. He has a big arm. He's mobile enough. Um, he's, he's more mobile than Richard Lego, but he's not as mobile as Peyton Ramsey. So he's mobile enough to do some things in the run game, but his arm is so much stronger than Peyton, uh, Peyton Ramsey's that you could stretch the field down the field. You can make those throws over the middle. You can make those long out throws. Uh, now, I have to see him do it in person before, you know. I, I'm all in on the Jack Tuttle train, but you know now Peyton Ramsey is is probably sitting in in, in the third third row, in terms of if you're going projected depth chart, you know one one A and one B is probably Tuttle and Penix, and three is uh, is Peyton Ramsey, which you know we know what Peyton Ramsey is. He he led the team to five wins last year. He, if he's your third string quarterback, you feel really good about. God forbid the first two guys go down. Not a lot of teams could say they have a Peyton Ramsey at third string. Whereas in years past right. at IU, you were either bringing up Reese Taylor, who was playing defense uh, at the beginning of the year, or Mike Fire Cable, um, or somebody, you know, uh, Danny Cameron. Even, uh, you know, the depth is so much better at this possession. Yeah, uh, bringing back nightmares. (laughs) But this, uh, the depth is so much better at this position, and hopefully the competition elevates everybody's performance. But I I expect that one of the bigger-armed quarterbacks is going to win this job. I don't think that they're going to announce a starter coming out of spring. I think they're going to allow Penix to get fully healthy and fully back. And they got to figure out if Jack Tuttle is is going to be eligible, because um, you could say, oh, with Jack Tuttle is going to be the starter, but if he's not cleared, it doesn't matter. Um, and right. or vice versa with Mike Penix, God forbid he has setback and things like that. So I think there, there's no rush in naming a starting quarterback. Eventually, you're going to have to do it. I think you have to do it in fall camp, and I think in fall camp. If you don't know who your starting quarterback is by mid-August, like after the first two weeks of fall camp, uh, things are a little amiss, Uh, maybe. But that's my take on the quarterbacks. What's your take on the quarterback position?
2: I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Michael Penix offered enough in the limited playing time he had to make you excited about uh, potential in his future. Um, and then Jack Tuttle you know, we don't really know. I mean, the highlight film that we have is of high school and it's, you know, a good level of competition. Uh, but still, we, we don't want to anoint this kid and make him something that, uh, you know, we want to avoid the hype train there. Uh, but, I, I do think that it is very reasonable to say that Jack Tuttle and Michael Penix are the most talented one-two uh, times that he needs, had a quarterback in a while. It uh, has to translate to the field, though. So uh, the spring will be the first chance for us to see that. Um, the, an offensive coordinator that you know, worked with Marcus McMarion, who is, a I would say, a similar skill set to these two guys, and he got a lot out of Marcus McMarion, so that's exciting. And we like the weapons that are around it. Um, there's just a lot to like about the potential uh, of this Indiana offense. And, you know, I, I do not want to dismiss Peyton Ramsey, while I certainly do not think he's going to win the starting position. Uh, I fully expect Peyton Ramsey thinks that he is going to win the starting position. Uh, I think he expects that, and he is going to compete uh, as hard as he possibly can. Everyone that we talk to about Peyton Ramsey, everything we've heard about Peyton Ramsey is how great of a competitor and a worker he is. He's going to make it very difficult for those guys to take that position from him, uh, and I, I think that that will make all three of them better. I have said multiple times here, it has to translate to the field, and the first chance we get to see of that is going to be uh, this spring practice, and you know, you're not going to have to contact, you're not going to have to live pass rushers um, that that have the potential to hit you, and that certainly changes things. Uh, but I'm excited to see what these guys do if they start to install the offense uh, of Caleb DeBoer. Um and he gets to see, you know, how are these guys going to react to whatever situations he's going to put them into uh, against what is a you know a defense that returns a lot and is pretty talented, so um, I'm excited about that aspect of it. If I were handicapped in the race, I think I would choose um, just based off of what I've seen, I think I'm going to choose a healthy Michael Penix to win the starting seeing Jack Tuttle win it would not surprise me at all, and I think that both of them offer a higher ceiling than what I used had at quarterback uh, since they set those last year, so that's really exciting. Uh, and I think it could be what pushes Indiana over the top and gets us finally back into a post-season play uh, for the first time under Tom Allen. Uh, that's obviously the goal. And I think the pieces are there on offense to, to get that done. They just have to put it together and come together quickly under De DeBoer, uh, the first chance for them to do that is the spring. So really excited about it. I think there's a lot to watch for, a lot to look for. Um, and I know that we'll, we'll have everything covered for sure as, as much as possible. Uh, you know, you don't want to take too much at a spring practice, but uh, we're desperate to take whatever we can and attempt to give that context.
1: Yeah, with only seeing, you know, six of the 15 practices or seven of the 15 if you count the spring game, it's hard to tell. Although, it, you know, right. stand in. Standing away for a few, a few, you know, a few times, and then coming back uh, and seeing the improvement or lack thereof, um, if that's the case, is uh, you know, it's kind of enlightening. It, it took uh, you know, last fall practice, I couldn't make it down to all the fall practices, but there was probably a week in between my visits, and and you saw you saw the differences a little bit more clearly and, and things like that. So it, it's going to be fall It's spring practice. A lot of people don't enjoy it. It's, there's no, there. I mean, there's an end game, but there's no prize at the end of the tunnel. You don't, you know, you don't go to a bowl game, you don't go to national title, but this is where strides towards that goal happen. This is, you know, this is the work that you have to put in uh in order to get there. these are the little improvements where you can focus on on uh, a lot of the technical things installing a new offense technique, uh, you know tackling, all these little things that you really don't have time for during the season outside of a couple open weeks um, that you could hone your craft and take with you into the summer into your, you know, player-only workouts and, and, and things like that. So I, I'm always excited when when the whistle blows and the balls are rolled out uh, and, and practice gets going. But I understand the people who aren't fans of spring practice who say only the spring game and all that stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see those six or seven practices, see where this team is, um, and then get ready for the fall because you could probably – you know, you could probably see the the uh, evolution of this offense from from practice one in the spring to practice fifteen, and that's going to be an exciting growth period to see. Anyway, TJ, thanks for joining us on the the uh, Hoosier Auto Perfect. Podcast, and uh, we'll preview the defense next week. And keep coming back for yep. uh, for more previews. We are starting our defensive previews on the website. Uh, Today was linebackers, tomorrow is defensive Mm -hmm. line, and then we'll have defensive backs and so on, and special teams, and all the good stuff, Uh, and spring practice starts March 2nd, the spring game is April 12th at 7 o'clock, it's a Friday night, the Friday of Little Five, so hopefully it is not 30 degrees and windy and, and stuff like that, and uh, we get to see uh, an actual spring game unlike last year where they were inside and forced inside and you only got to see a half and, and all those stuff. So enjoy the rest of your Monday evening, TJ.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I know we're excited to get things cranked up, so stay tuned.
1: All right. That does it for tonight's podcast. Thank you for listening. I do want to give a quick shout out to Indiana women's swimming and diving who claimed the big 10 title. Congratulations to them. As far as my knowledge, Indiana softball is 14 and O awesome start for them. Best start in their history uh, and things like that. So, so congrats to those sports as well. Uh, wrestling had a big win as well. Uh, a shutout this weekend and we'll see what other sports. Baseball's having a, a tough time. I think a weekend sweep at Tennessee. And, of course, basketball uh, has kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit. Hopefully they get things righted and going in the right direction. Uh, so we have something to look forward to in March uh, as well. But, uh, anyway, congrats to those teams who women swimming and diving, softball, excellent starts, something to be proud of. Women's basketball as well. Uh, knocking off 10th ranked Iowa, getting their season back on track as well. And hopefully they make it into the NCAA tournament. Um, that does it for tonight's show. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com uh, for all your Indiana football needs. As always, it's free. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, check out Vintage Brands as well. They always have sales coming up. They have new products coming in if you like your vintage Uh, sports memorabilia. They have all that stuff, hats, T-shirts, posters, coasters, Uh, whatever you want. They probably have it. So enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll be back next week as we preview the defense.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.